This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the failures of First Republic Bank at Silicon Valley Bank still being diagnosed as to what happened. Wharton marketing professor Peter Fader, who's also co-founder and CEO of analytics firm Theta, recently did his own recap on what he thinks happened. Great to be joined by Peter right now. Peter, it has been a while. Great to have you back with us. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Dan. Thanks for a few moments. All right. How much of a surprise was it that what occurred actually occurred to you? Well, once things uh, started to unravel uh, earlier this summer with, with other banks uh, and, and First Republic's name started coming up, I, I, guess it, it, I guess it was a surprise to hear about them being on a kind of watch list at, at the very beginning because they're just such a, a beloved institution. But, uh, but you could see some of the telltale signs with them as, as with some of the other banks. So not too surprising at that point. And so the co- the component of customer centricity, which you have written about uh, quite a bit in your career, uh, you say there's an element of that at play here. Yes, it, 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 I've written all these books on customer centricity, and actually in the first one, the very last piece, the the kind of the linchpin that pulled it all together, was a, a, a concept that I call the paradox of customer centricity, and it it, it is a bona fide paradox because. Much of my work on customer centricity says, hey, not all customers are created equal. We've got to figure out who the good ones are. Lean into them. Treat them disproportionately well. Well, here's where it becomes a paradox. If we put all of our eggs in one basket, if we say they're the only kinds of customers we want to deal with, then we become very, very vulnerable. What happens if something goes on in the marketplace? What happens if our predictions about those customers might be wrong? What happens if there's even better customers out there, but we have such blinders on that we're not even uh, looking for them? And it's this kind of thing that, that happened first for public, among other things. So there's a lot of uh, just issues with their, their operations and financing. Uh, yeah. But this is a big part of it, that they, this idea of, of saying we're going after one kind of customer, and they didn't have sufficient diversification in the customer base. How frequent do you think that that's a component that is out there right now? pretty unusual. And this is actually one of the reasons why I and others always praised First Republic, because uh, they, they kind of knew who the best customers were and, and did so in a disproportional way, but, but, but took it to an extreme. Uh, and most of the companies are, are hedging their bets almost too much, that they're saying, you know what, if you want to deal with us, we'll deal with you, because we don't really know who's best or worst. Uh, so most companies are doing it not so much from a portfolio management standpoint, but almost from being naive or, or afraid to start uh, playing favorites. First Republic knew who the best kinds of customers were. They knew how to orient their, their products, their services, their messaging, even their, 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 their freebies, their giveaways, their umbrellas. Uh, and yeah. they did it very, very well, but, but almost too well. And obviously it, it hurt them in a big way. You said in this piece that you wrote on the Theta website about that there is a historical component to this type of activity going on. Companies like Blockbuster and Kodak and Sears are some of the ones that have kind of gone down this path in the past. Well, yes, but they've done so more in terms of the products and the services that they offered. 
that a, a lot of companies, and, and maybe a, a classic one also mentioned in the piece, is, is Kodak, that we're good at doing a certain kind of thing. That's, that's what we're good at. Uh, and, and, and we don't have to worry about all this other new technology uh, popping up. We'll, we'll always be you know, the, the, the big dog in our field. Uh, so it really was there more about what they were offering. Uh, this is a very rare case where it's something about the, 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 the nature of the kinds of customers that they're doing it with. So, you know, big picture, yes, it, it does fit that same narrative, but, but it emerged in a different kind of way, and, uh, and it'll be interesting to see whether there'll be more cases like it where it's, it, it, it hinges on the customers as opposed to the offering. What's the challenge then of getting that right balance, of having that understanding that, you know, you can have a certain level of focus on a variety of clients, but, but not making it not making it too overboard for, you know, a, a certain level of customer. Dan Loney, that's a tremendous challenge. It really is. I wish I could say, well, you should spend 60% of your budget on the high-value customers and 40% on, on the, the lesser ones. Nah, there, there is no rule of thumb like that. Uh, it, it, part of it is that we're still early on in, in companies even thinking about the, these ideas of customer centricity. Part of it, it would depend just a, a great deal on just the specific nature of each and every company. So I wish I had an answer to that question. I wish I could go to a company and say, ah, 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 you've gone too far, but we're, we're not really there yet. But I think a case like this is going to help us uh, think more actively, both uh, academically and practically, uh, about where that line should be drawn. So take a moment and, and talk about, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but I think it's great to kind of go back and circle back on it. That element of customer centricity and how important it is kind of in the, in the, in the success of a firm these days and, and, and what it means longer term for, for some companies as well. Well, of course, it does depend on the firm, and uh, a lot of people look to companies like Apple, which has just been a phenomenal producer of products, uh, and, there's, and that's so true. Uh, and we'll use that as, as their North Star, their, their paragon of goodness. Uh, I think we need to see more and more companies looking to, uh, uh, to companies that get this customer centricity thing right. And, uh, and ironically, sadly, First Republic... <laughs> was one that I and others were, were often putting forward as it. So, so we need to kind of step back a little bit and, and think about uh, companies that not only uh, are, are doing great things at the extreme, but are also doing so in a balanced way. And by the way, there, there are other examples of it, other, other examples where companies were all in with one kind of customer, one kind of customer management activity, um, and then for different reasons, whether, whether it's changes in the macroeconomic climate, whether it's competition, uh, w w would actually uh, uh, eat their lunch. Uh, so so it's, it's not necessarily the first, but it is certainly highly visible in this regard. Well, and, you know, in the scope of what we're talking about with First Republic and Silicon Valley Bank, uh, a lot of people say that maybe they weren't as prepared as they needed to be when you think about something like, you know, what happened, what has happened with inflation over the last couple of years and, and the fact that there could be a bank run like we saw uh, with these two institutions as well. And, and and also, you know, that they did not have, you know, the, the right people in place or didn't have in some cases anybody in place for certain uh, oversight that they needed to be. So that understanding of of being prepared for, you know, the worst case scenario is is an important component for for what occurred here. 
No question. Of course, the, the explanations you just provided, those are the, the, the main ones that are out there, and I am in no way uh, uh, diminishing the, the importance of them. Uh, the, the idea of just overall financial oversight and, and, and financial accountability, th- th- sure, that, that might be what brought them down more than the, the, the uh, imbalanced nature of the customer base. I'm, I'm just adding this, this additional yeah. dimension. And, of course, there might even be some interplay between the two. It could be that by having all our eyes on one kind of customer and one uh, narrow set of activities around them, it took our eyes off of both other customers and more appropriate uh, financial management. It, it, it all might fit together. All right. Peter, always great to have you with us on the show. Thank you for your insight. All the best. My pleasure, Dan. Take care now. You got it. Peter Fader, who is a marketing professor here at the Wharton School, and he is also a co-founder and CEO of uh, analytics firm Theta. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.